Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here, and we have a special guest, my very good friend, Brianna Scroggins, and I'm so happy that you are here. Yes, I'm very excited to be here. So Brianna, um, her husband is the editor for the Shepherd's Crook blog and website stuff, and they are very good friends of ours. So, And she writes sometimes for the Shepherd's Crook for Wives, which is what the Fruitful and Fearless podcast is a part of. So many connections with Brianna Scroggins here. Um, but we have a icebreaker before we get started. Okay. A brain teaser, maybe. <laughs> a brain teaser. I heard <laughs> no. that one. I heard that. No quizzes. No quizzes. <laughs> maybe we have a brain teaser for you before we get started. <laughs> um, we had a whole list, but the only one I'm remembering is what is a favorite fall decor item you're using in your home right now. So let's go with that. Is okay. this me first? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. I feel like um, it can't be pumpkins. I can't say pumpkins. Come on. Yeah, no pumpkins. Squirrels are eating my pumpkins. Um, Okay, my favorite fall decor. Okay, it's not decor, but it's a scent. Okay. I'm real big on fall scents. And so I really like the apple cider by Miss Myers. Mm, Yes, good stuff. Joy candles and her dish soap. And then I also recently found within the last year a candle. I forget the name of it now. I'll have to grab it. It's like a maple cinnamon candle. Hold on. It's like right here. Okay. Who makes it? Ohio Valley Candles. Ooh. Okay. I'm all about it. It's the best. So when I, I just like love smells maple. a lot. Yeah. I really like having a candle in the house, which is why yesterday I made candles for the first time. And I'm very excited about it. It was so easy. Have you ever done this, Lexi? I have, yeah. Okay. It's so easy. You literally just melt stuff and pour it. It is easy. And whatever you, you make want. them for Christmas gifts. <laughs> I know. I'm going to. So I got beeswax and um, then I ordered some maple essential oil. So I'm mm. going to make maple candles for people for Christmas. And I'm very excited about it. I'm excited about it for myself because I love candles. And I'm excited to give it to people as gifts. Do you think it's cheaper to do, because I was doing soy-based, but do you think it's cheaper to make your own beeswax or to just buy them? I mean, um, not really make your own beeswax. Make but your own beeswax your own candles. candles. Yes. I think it is cheaper because I worked it out. Okay. So I bought the little containers at a thrift store in Carterville and I got 10 of them for $2. Okay. So keep that in mind. And then I bought 50 wicks and two pounds of beeswax, and that total was $20. So, so far, I'm in at $22 total, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to make more than 10 little candles. And they're maybe like three inches in diameter and three inches tall. So they're small candles. Yeah. yeah. They're like a small candle. Um, Uh, Yeah, that'd be about 15 bucks for one. Yeah. Beeswax candles. You know a yeah. beekeeper? Because a lot of times beekeepers will give up yeah, their I wax. Do. Yeah. Mason's dad Ask your father-in-law. With his wax. Yeah. I want his wax. Yes. Let him know. I normally take it, but I might. Dang it. Share it with me. <laughs> I do know another beekeeper, so I'll ask him. Um, but so bee wa- beeswax is better to use than soy-based as yeah. far as yeah. like non-toxicness of it. 
I but, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. But then also, um, I did, I did spend money on the essential oil, but I mean, that's something that I'll use for other things too. It goes mm-hmm. a long way too. Yeah. So anyways, I'll say that's my favorite fall thing. That's way fun. Mm-hmm. So both of us like candles. I do love candles <laughs> in the fall. And twinkly lights, as Jared posted on Facebook the other day. We have lots of twinkly lights up right now. His fall posts have just been cracking me up. Because, you know, he's such an angry man, and he yeah. loves fall so much. <laughs> yeah. So Jared got accused this week of being angry and exasperated. <laughs> which, which, Brianna, you know Jared, too. He's Jared the is farthest the thing from farthest angry thing from or exasperated. He's, like, the most um, overly excited, happy dancing and singing all the time person yeah to the point where I'm like can you please stop singing everyone in our family asks them to stop singing sometimes um, just very happy happy guy so it's funny whenever um, someone accuses him of that but you know truth equals angry <laughs> telling someone yep. the truth about something equals you're angry like yep. yeah <laughs> okay Lexi what is your favorite fall home decor thing you got going on um so I think I've talked about how I didn't think about our closets enough when we built this house. Mm. So like knowing, Oh, I haven't said this on the podcast. I am pregnant. <laughs> so. I know. I saw that. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's super exciting. <laughs> well, so I think I'm going to have a baby in the spring. I don't know yet, but because of that, I know that I kind of need to do a lot of the big projects now while I'm not huge and pregnant. Yeah. Um, so I, we took out the kids their closet doors in their room were just falling off already. They were falling off probably by the second week we lived here, but I'm removing all the closet doors and doing um, like skirted closets. Have you guys seen these? Is it just like a curtain? Yeah. yeah I'm going to do curtains. It's really popular in European de- decorating. So I, I want to do it on some of my, my cupboards in my kitchen too, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it first yeah. in their bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So that's like my fall project right now is to just get stuff cleaned out and to get, things a little more put together that are actually here and need to be put together before baby gets here. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I've heard good things about having a baby in the spring. Bree, I love a baby it. In spring, haven't you? I have a March baby yeah. and a February baby. March was kind of spring. It's, it tends to typically be cold around Anor's birthday. So yeah. too cold, but it's, it's perfect timing yeah. going into the spring. Cause then you can get out. Yeah. Well, yes. Life, September and, and then going exciting. through the winter months was like, I hate this. <laughs> I'm stuck inside with a baby who screams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we wanted to have Brie on the podcast today because she has been very inspiring to me when it comes to having a peaceful home. And um, the Scroggins home is a home that you go in and instantly feel at peace in. I don't know if anybody else has people in their life that they – um, can relate to that too, but it's, it's just, and not, and not because it's always perfectly clean or quiet or anything like that, but it's just like a, I, I don't know, maybe this is a little charismatic, but maybe like a spiritual peace in the home. And, um, I know that that is something that you and I have talked about before that you guys pursue and pray for. So we wanted to have you on to talk about that and things surrounding that. So my first question for you is, why is a peaceful home something that you and your husband have pursued or thought was an important enough thing to pursue? 
So I think pretty early on in marriage, we both figured out that we really liked to be hospitable and we liked to have people in our home. And you don't want someone in a crazy home. <laughs> I mean, you don't want them like coming to your house and thinking your house is the worst. Mm-hmm. So um, we wanted people to come to our house and think, um, think of it kind of like a refuge. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I think a lot of that came out of me because um, growing up, my background was not stable. So Mason came mm-hmm. from a very stable background, good family. Um, they were never had to go through a divorce or anything like that. You know, it was mom and dad mm-hmm. at home in the evenings, eating dinner. It was stable. Um, it, it, was, it was a Christian stable home, stable environment. My background um, was very just not like that. So um, my parents were married two times, divorced two times. I moved all the time, lived in three different states, lived in 21 homes by the time I was 21. Wow. Wow. Um, maybe more because my mom would like drive by and be like, we lived there. So <laughs> I don't remember that one. Um, and this is no disrespect to my mom. who will probably be listening to this podcast because through all of the instability, she actually was a big rock um, mm. and a big a big type of piece. She would try to carry that piece even when we were moving from house to house and place to place and there was abuse and other things going on. My mom would try to um, give me some sort of stability and she still is very good at making any place she goes into into a home. Mm. I get a lot of that from her but since I grew up like that um, when I would go into other people's homes that I could tell they had a stable house. They ate dinner on the table they, um, you know, their house wasn't full of arguing and yelling and screaming and their kids knew that they were going to go to bed in that bed that night, um, safely. Um, I kind of craved that as a child Mm -hmm. really early on. And then, um, getting into the relationship with my husband, I got to see that firsthand because I was over there all the time. Um, we would eat dinner, his mom would cook meals and she would make the table look pretty and, um, you know, it wasn't just her sitting around the table with Mason. It was the whole family and they would invite other people in. And I really craved that. I really wanted that. And so early on, I wanted my house to be a house where my family, for one, felt peace, felt a godly peace. And then for two, where they could invite friends in that maybe didn't Mm. have that, like I was growing up Mm. and that they could taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. And, um, they don't just get that, I think, sometimes from a church service or from mm-hmm. an evangelism thing down the street, but they get that in our homes, and I really wanted that. Yeah. How many siblings does your husband have? One, just one. Okay, so two of them? Okay. Two of them. So I think that that's something that is cool to talk about when we think through things like this, that Lexi and I talk about the home a lot and have a huge focus on the home. And when you think through, like, there is a gospel presence in what our home is preaching, like, hopefully, hopefully through the peace that's in our home. And again, peace doesn't always mean perfectly clean or perfectly quiet. But um, when there is a sense of peace in, in the people that are in the home and in the atmosphere of the home, it preaches something that's really attractive, like you said, to children and um, to people who we bring in. So I think that's awesome that you guys are pursuing that. Uh, what are some ways that you guys practically do that? I think you kind of said it like um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have a clean home, which I like my home clean. 
Um, and I think you might be talking about that later on, but um, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean necessarily quiet. So it's something that we had to learn. So early on in marriage, before we had children, which we had children pretty like within that first year, but in the first few months, um, it was really easy to have a peaceful home. And when my daughter was young, it was kind of easy to have a peaceful home. But then as we added children and as we added other um, things, I mean, you guys can probably relate, the peace gets disrupted pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm. You have a two-year-old or a three-year-old and um, tantrums and messes that you didn't have before. So I think a lot of it is an inner peace. Mm -hmm. um, it's having a gentle and quiet spirit um, and I think that even goes for the men of the household being meek. Um, yes. Meek, meekness is gentleness. It's not, um, a lot of people think of meekness, I guess, as just like being a coward mm -hmm. or um, getting trampled over, but it's quite opposite mm -hmm. of that. It's being gentle. And so I think for a man and for a woman, they should both be meek in spirit, gentle mm -hmm. and quiet in spirit. And so that means they're not easily deceived by the mess that's going on yeah. mm -hmm. or the child that needs to be tended to. Mm -hmm. but they are in constant peace. Mm -hmm. um, and we only get that through Christ. And so it sounds easy and I can go into practical things. I love talking about practical tips and that kind of thing. But ultimately it's a peace that we get from Christ and from praying. Um, we're a household of prayer. His dad, Mason's dad's really huge on praying. I think a lot of my life, I can look back and see that I missed a lot of things that were coming at me because his dad was faithfully praying for me before he ever met me um, mm, and his mom was so faithfully cool. praying for me. And I, I see that, that prayer, those prayers on my life. And cool. um, yeah, it's really neat. So we don't take prayer for granted. We don't take time with the Lord for granted. Cause we know, you know, aside from that, our spirits get really um, empty and really fussy really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because a couple months back, Brian had us start kneeling before he leaves in the morning. We kind of kneel in a circle and he prays for each of us. And Sweet. that has helped me maintain my level-headedness during the day because mm -hmm. I know my husband has prayed for each detail of my day already. Mm -hmm. And I know any disruption that could cause for a disquieting of my peace has been ordained by the Lord. And so it really helps me to remember like, no, this has been prayed specifically for in my day-to-day. -day. Do not ruffle your feathers. Hmm. Accept it graciously and continue on with your day. So I do think that's an awesome thing that he is doing. And I think that goes into like um, the whole headship thing. You know, the man is the yes. head of the house. And if your house is not peaceful, um, talk to the head of the house. Mm -hmm. Because we've gone through seasons. We just came out of one where, you know, my son was dairy intolerant, not sleeping. Like I was going two hours max. And those two hours weren't like two hours consecutively. It was like I was waking up in 30, 20 minute increments, not getting sleep. Um, the peace was not, I didn't feel it. You know what I mean? I didn't feel mm -hmm. it at all. And so my husband was able to kind of, you know, do things like that. You know, we were praying through Voxer um, for about a month on and off. He would send me like an eight minute prayer every morning. Even though oh, I knew he was praying for me, um, it was good to hear it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he was taking up tasks that he wouldn't normally do just to help. And so, you know, um, having, I think, even just your marriage, right? And biblical. Yes. And I know you guys talk a lot about complementarianism and egalitarianism, but, you know, the, the head of woman is man and the head of man is Christ and the head of Christ is God. And I think if you follow that rightly, your house um, will not be disorderly. Mm -hmm. And um, the husband's kind of able to take that weight 
when yeah. the wife isn't able to be as low maintenance as she wants to be. Yeah. yeah. Which is such a sweet yeah. gift from God and the feminists have wanted to steal that away. And it's like yeah. it, leaning into the husband being the head is such a beautiful gift to women. And, and I think um, going to your husband to shepherd you during times of restlessness of the soul <laughs> and times of hardship and fi- your physical body or whatever it may be um, is something that we need to do more often than we do. And, and to not yeah. resist that just because our culture tells us that it's weakness or some weird yes. thing like that. Um, right. but yeah, it's a, it's a kindness and a gift from God to have a husband that is willing to shepherd you. And, and even if you haven't experienced that, like maybe your relationship hasn't been in that way, um, start fostering it yourself. Like go to him and say, Hey, I'm struggling in this area. Instead of going to a friend or the internet or yeah. whatever it may be, like be quick to go to your husband and say, Hey, will you please shepherd me through this? I'm struggling yeah. emotionally in this area, physically in this area, whatever it may be, shepherd me through this, help me through this, pray for me through this. And, um, it's a blessing and a gift from God when, when that happens. So one thing you said was um, not that your house is always perfectly clean, although I'm pretty sure every time I've been there, it has been pretty perfectly clean. Um, so has yours been, Jordan? You're spotless too. We like tidiness. We like tidiness. So yeah. talk to us a little. You have three kids and one is a little guy. So talk to us a little bit about um, cleaning and like does that play into you guys, um, your own personal tastes of like, okay, my home feels peaceful when it is clean yeah. or like, I how do you think through that? Too yeah. About yeah. that. I can't remember. Are you homeschooling right now or are your kids I not am. school age yet? Yeah. I'm homeschooling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My go second ahead. You're homeschooling. This is my second year homeschooling. Oh, okay. Yeah, that plays into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we both, Mason and I both are very clean people, which helps. So I know some people, um, you know, type, Tidiness isn't like super priority. I don't think anyone's house as a Christian should be um, a wreck and out of mm-hmm. order because I mm-hmm. think that tells a lot of what's going on in their soul. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot has a great quote on that. But um, anyway, yes, she does. It's so, in it's in what I'm reading right now. Yes, is it? Okay. Yes, right. I wish I remember exactly remember it? what it was. What was that? It's good. Yeah, it's in um, the Christian Family one. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the, what's the title of that one that I'm The Shaping of a Christian Family. Yeah. It's in that. And she talks about um, basically like the disobedience of a Christian woman having a dirty house. Yeah. She puts it very boldly. She does. She's a bold woman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I I was a little surprised. I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. But so anyway. anyway, we're both pretty tidy people though. So that helps. Um, I don't expect anyone's house to be, you know, as tidy as mine by any means, but Mason's really good at helping and picking up and he just likes it clean. So like my, so for the last like year, my big thing has been take the towels and put them in this hamper that's in our room and just leave them there because I don't get to them. <laughs> and so they just stay there. Like I get to everything else, but the towels stay in the hamper, but Mason can't stand it. So he'll always fold the towels. So I just put the towels in the hamper and that's just our thing. Like he folds the towels. When he to. But um, anyway, um, my cleaning, like it has changed through having kids. I used to spend a whole day cleaning once a week and then we would just keep it tidy. That doesn't really happen super well with three kids, with three kids and homeschooling. And my husband has a lot on his plate. So um, now what I've been doing with homeschooling, this has really helped. And so maybe it'll help somebody, but um, 
I clean as much as I can on Monday. We don't do school on Mondays. And so I start early in the morning. My kids are typically awake by 6.30, most of the time six. And so they're best in the morning. So mm -hmm. I just like hit it hard in the mm -hmm. morning. And my mom also cleans for a living. And so I've always helped her clean. So I'm probably a little bit more faster and more efficient than some people because I've done it forever. Mm -hmm. um, but I just clean, clean, clean like a clean freak in the morning. Um, and get as much done as I can and, you know, take breaks between whatever I have to do with the kids. And then I'll finish what I didn't get done in the evening. And then we just maintain it throughout the week. So every morning before school, I pick up, like I pick up the upstairs, I pick up the downstairs and every evening before bed, Mason picks up. So he'll like maybe throw some things in the dishwasher and he'll pick up the family room, um, anything like that. But as far as like cleaning, I try to do as much as I can on Monday but that varies. Like mm -hmm. if my grandparents have kids, you know, I might take that day to clean or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I don't have any like super big schedule right now. Yeah. Kind of, it changes often. Yeah. Are you doing that cleaning schedule still, Lexi? No, actually, now yeah. that I'm pregnant, we switched over to, um, Brian has Monday and Tuesdays off. So Tuesday afternoon, he helps me get everything done. Yeah. I usually get the bathrooms done in the morning while he's working on the school bus, renovating the school bus. And then in the afternoons, he helps me get all the floors done and the kids help get the bedrooms done. Yeah. That's awesome. So I like having one day. I really do. I do yeah. too. And I think I that's too. why I still try to do it on Monday, even though like some of it may not get done. Like I may do yeah. as much as I can on Monday and the kids just know, like they're going to get probably extra TV that day. They're mm -hmm. going to be forced to just go outside and stay outside until mom says you can come in. Um, they just know that that's cleaning day. And then they're also going to yeah. participate in what they can. So that's just how Monday rolls around here. And yeah. I've noticed that too, day. actually, that they, since they understand like, okay, this is the day we're really helping mom bust all this out. Yeah. It's not as much pushback because it's like the rest of the Expected. week mom hangs out with us. So we yeah. Yeah. help her on, on Tuesdays. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. That's helpful. I, um, so I'm at the stage of pregnancy where bending over is just real fun. So, <laughs> so in the evenings we do pick up, everybody picks up whatever is on the floor, um, or whatever has been left out or whatever stack of books or toys and puts it where they go. And then I've been doing bathrooms as needed, which is, pretty frequent <laughs> with yeah, a, a newly true. potty trained two-year-old. Yeah. So boy at that. So, um, who has fantastic aim? <laughs> Not at all. So anyways, yeah, I've been cleaning the bathrooms as needed, which ends up being probably a couple times a week just because it's gets at least the toilets. Um, and then we have been using our little robot vacuum that we call DJ Roomba a lot lately. And I've been so thankful for that thing. I love that thing. You actually could, you, you have, you have a lot of hardwood floor in your house, but you have a lot of corners too. Don't know if that would a work. A lot of rugs. Yeah, you do a lot of rugs. Yeah. And so, I like to clean my floors. I'm a weirdo. I yeah. Like it. You yeah. are weird if you like to keep clean your floors. <laughs> I, I like to mop, but I don't do it. I do that maybe like once or twice a month is all. Oh, I don't see, mop. I don't like to mop. So like my upstairs hasn't been mopped oh, in probably okay. a good six months. Yeah. <laughs> so just, I just don't feel like it needs to. There's not that much traffic. Yeah. I sweep it, but I don't mop it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like to mop, you have to have the time to get the floor completely clean and then yes. mop. 
that's so the tricky part. Yeah. You got to have the right amount of time there. And then yeah. we have real wood floors. So every once in a while I'll do a treatment on them. And that is like a really big deal because you got to sweep it and then mop it. And then you do like a treatment on the wood. So that's a day that never really comes. <laughs> you have time to do all three of those things in a row. Just crazy. Okay. So you guys also do, I know you guys do Sabbath at your house and you have talked to me before about how you do Sabbath prep actually to help make Sabbath more Sabbathy for you. Because I know a lot of moms and wives don't feel very restful on Sabbath, especially if you're like a stay at home mom, it's just kind of a similar day to the other days of the week. Sometimes if you're not really intentional about, you know, preparing for it or like, having a strategy in place to where you can be restful. So what is your Sabbath prep that you do? Sorry, I had a choking kid. Oh, no big um, Yeah, I think I, I think I caught most of that though. She said, mom, I'm choking. <laughs> and then came through the door and then she's fine because I can hear her talking, but you know. Okay, we're good. Um, yeah, so we do, yeah, we do our Sabbath. We're pretty Sabbatarian and we have a new pastor coming in actually, who's very Sabbatarian. So I'm like, I better up my, my game. <laughs> I'm going to be convicted probably with the way that he, uh, approaches it. But yeah, we just try to prepare as much as we can on Saturday. So like this morning I came down, Mason was ironing his shirt for tomorrow for preaching. Um, and I'll lay out all the kids clothes and I'll try to lay out my clothes and that way, everything's just laid out. And then I, I try to do either like a crock pot meal for the next day, or, um, most of the time it's leftovers or something easy freezer mm -hmm. because we always have leftovers. And then if someone comes over, I don't let that like push me into like a Martha. I just mm -hmm. like, let them know, like, this is, this is the day of rest and we rest physically and spiritually. So, oh, that's cool. um, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I might do something like, I think the last time we had people over on Sunday, it was actually our pastoral candidate who is our new pastor now come in. Um, and I just did freezer chicken, freezer broccoli. Like it was all just freezer. You pop it in the oven, you take it out. Um, a bag salad, like it was super easy. And then I didn't worry about cleanup, that kind of thing. And we all just relaxed and chilled. And um, I think the big thing for, I know it's hard. It's really hard for pastors. So like, it's a run, run, run day. Um, yeah. And a lot of times, like I know Mason's like up in the morning, getting prepared, doing a sermon, preaching that sermon. And then he might even have a meeting an elders meeting afterwards and <laughs> yes. then finally gets home and it's like three, you know, <laughs> but we just crash at that mm, point. Yes. Like most of the time, if it's real crazy for him, I will try to have the kids fed and in naps. And even our four-year-old naps that day. And if she doesn't nap, she at least does a quiet time. So um, I try to have everything chill. That way we can just relax. And then, you know, we're trying to get better at the spiritual part, not just the physical part. So keeping our mind um, on Christ that day and um, letting it be like a filling up type thing so that we're ready to give the rest of the week and not just um, focus so much on the physical aspect of it too. I have a question. Yeah. Because Brian and I have been talking about this recently. We're not strictly Sabbatarian, although <laughs> I did realize that if I'm post-millennial, I do think in the kingdom will be Sabbatarian. So I'm probably way more Sabbatarian than I realized I am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, have, okay, two questions, I guess. Have you read the book on the Sabbath that Canon Press put out? I have not. What okay. is it 
I think it's just called the Sabbath. Okay. Mason, I don't think has either. He hasn't mentioned it to me. Okay. Well, so what, what books would you recommend on this topic? Um, Because the only one I have read is from a Jewish perspective and that it was helpful, but it obviously changes things. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I have not read any books on the Sabbath. I have read a lot of Wilson and they're Presbyterian. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and we're Presbyterian and Presbyterian, the Westminster Confession. Um, requires you to be Sabbatarian. Yeah. You can take a exemption from that. And there's obviously people in our church that hold different views. You know, some got to eat, some don't. Um, mm-hmm. Some are full-blown, you know, kids are in sports and that kind of thing. Um, so you have, you have across the board different convictions yeah. on that. But us personally and our pastor coming in, um, our pastor coming in already is very Sabbatarian as personally we're trying to get to it more. So Mm -hmm. I actually haven't read any books. Um, Okay. It's just reading the scriptures and I just feel like I can't get around (laughs) the command of, you know, like, I don't want to make my own Sabbath. Like this is the Mm -hmm. day set apart to worship the Lord, to Mm -hmm. go to church, to honor him, to bring him glory. Um, I don't think I need a separate day to do that on top of that. Yeah. And I think what I realized was like, okay, so if all the world is Christianized, all the world should be at church on that day, <laughs> mm-hmm, right. which means all the world should not be at the mall on that day. <laughs> right. Right. It, was just, it, it was just interesting. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's hard for pastors. Cause like I said, I think they feel like it's not restful for them. I but- know I struggle with it. Cause mm-hmm. I don't, I, it's my longest day of the week. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just think mm-hmm. preparing, I mean, just sitting down maybe and just preparing as much as you can, like talking to your husband, like, how can we make this a little bit more restful than mm-hmm. what it is? Mm-hmm. And then also realizing that we don't worship because of our feelings, but that worship yes. develops the feelings. And yeah, so yeah. you may not be feeling restful mm-hmm. that Sunday, but as you continuously try to practice being Sabbatarian, you will eventually start to feel restful because mm-hmm. I know that is so true for us. I, I really like what, go ahead, go ahead, Jordan. I was just going to say that I've heard I think it was Rachel Jankovic say before that they treat the Sabbath as like a pencils down moment. Like mm-hmm. they literally are like, okay, done. And, and that was helpful for me to think through because I'm real bad about like, well, I got the time. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this load <laughs> yeah. in or yeah. whatever it may be. But like treating it as a like a stark pencils down, we're not going to do it today. And then yeah. pick it back up whenever, you know, that night of the morning, whatever you decide um, is helpful to like actually have that distinct, nothing workload that my normal mer- workload is, is to be done today. Right. Lexi, were you going to say something? Yeah, but now I don't remember what it was. Okay. Oh, okay. It'll probably, oh, okay. I remember. I like okay. that you set the expectation with your hospitality that they understand like, this mm-hmm. is a day of rest. I think that's what I'm, I've been trying to figure out is a big Sabbath with no husband most of the day is really hard for me to invite multiple families into. Mm-hmm. But I think it could, like Brian told me, I don't know if I told you guys this, but we had, we had Sabbath with the Jankovics and Brian was like, it was really good for you to see those bowls of chips on the counter, wasn't it? (laughs) 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 And, um, we, we sat with Luke and Luke was just so encouraging on like, it's going to be hard. You need to keep doing it, but make it maintainable. Yeah. So I think that's what was like, one of my big takeaways was like, I haven't set it up in a way that's maintainable. Yes. So it does become mm-hmm. exhausting instead of restful. So yeah. that that's really cool to hear you say that you tell people like 
just so you know, this is it. We're inviting you to rest with us. But you're not getting an elaborate meal. You might get a freezer pizza and yeah. pizza and you're just going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and, and celebrate the Sabbath with us. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if your whole church is on board, then even like your elder board, you know, they're going to make it try to be restful. So like, you're not having a bunch of meetings after church and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah sometimes it it's easier. just inevitable, but yeah. Yeah. Right. So we only have like six minutes left, but I oh, wanted to okay. ask, I know it went very fast, but I wanted to bring this up because we're living in a world right now that is not um, peaceful by worldly standards, I guess. Um, a lot of crazy stuff is happening just this week. Um, multiple people have been arrested for not wearing masks. The um, Moscow debacle has happened with the Psalm sings and people have been arrested and fined. Um, one quote that Toby Sumner had said that I really thought was um, a cool quote. He said, the gospel is meant to collide with the world, not coddle it. So how should current events push us even deeper to the lasting peace that's in Christ in our homes and in our hearts? Because, when, mm. you know, this is a tumultuous time. So why should it be a priority to us to start pursuing this even more maybe than we have in the past? Mm. I think a lot of Christians have been saying it and it needs to be kept saying like we have, we need to give an answer for the hope that is within us. Mm. And our pastor has been going through the Beatitudes um, in Matthew five. And that's been really good and timely for what's been going on in our culture. And you can probably find those on my page because I've shared a couple of them. Um, so if anybody wants to see those, they're, they're like a daily devotional. They're 10 minutes long. They're real good. They explain the Beatitudes and the one that really stuck out to me was blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And I think if we're post mill, which I know we all are mm -hmm. here, um, that's a really cool scripture that, you know, um, the, the Lord said, my peace, I leave with you, my peace, I give you. Um, and John 14, that whole chapter is just a really beautiful chapter about how he gives us peace and how he has mm -hmm. sent the Holy spirit to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and how, you know, Christ is in God and God is in Christ. And just, um, you know, he was giving them that as they were about to enter into persecution. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we really need to hold on to that peace, you know, as we yeah. enter into more and more persecution. Yeah. And as so many are hopeless and um, cannot find peace, because we do truly have the Philippians 4, 6, through seven piece, you know, a piece mm -hmm. that is unexplainable, mm -hmm. um, doesn't make sense, but we have it because Christ guards our hearts and our minds with that piece. Yeah. Amen. I think that is so important to remember. And I know so many Christians that are like terrified of the end times Correct. Be because of like yeah. persecution and things like that. Yeah. But if you really believe that God is with us and, and like you said, with that we have peace that surpasses understanding, even during persecution, like even we read this week, Exodus, and as the plagues were coming to the Egyptians, it wasn't touching the Israelites, like no hail, no hail mm -hmm. fell on Goshen. And, right. and just to know that God is with his people. And, and yes. we don't have to fear even when crazy things are happening around the world and maybe even around our cities that we, that we will have a different experience. Maybe hard things will happen to us personally, but it doesn't mean that we will have the fear that non-Christians in our world have because Christ is with us. Yeah. Right. And I think John 14 says that too, after he's saying, my peace, I leave with you, my peace, I give you. He says, do not be troubled. Do not be yeah. afraid. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, we are not to be fearful of anything but God. God yeah. is the only person. Be anxious for nothing. Fear. The Lord is yeah. at hand. 
Yep. God is with us. He is near us. And we don't have to be anxious about anything. Um, I'm going to make a plug for John Flavel's Puritan book, um, Triumphing Over Sinful Fear. It's been really good for this topic. That sounds cool. good. I'm going to make a plug too. I haven't read this book, but I'm going to, I was talking to Mason about the topic and we just started talking about Eugene Peterson quotes. And mm -hmm. I think it's, um, I'm going to add it to my list next. A long obedience in the same direction. Oh yeah. yeah. Brian likes that one. Mm -hmm. Jared loves um, that too. Yeah. That's a great one. And I think that's just good for people to hear that your faithful, simple obedience is what we need right now. You know? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Steady yeah. Christians. Yeah. Uh, I think Nancy Wilson, I think it's her that says, uh, don't ask why in times of, of craziness, but ask what's my duty in this. Yeah. So like just be focusing through all of this and like, okay, God, what's my duty in it? What, how can I obey today in the midst of craziness around me? How can I honor you in my family and in my life? Yep. Cool. Anything else you guys want to add? Uh, so much more. I want to talk about this so much more. <laughs> it's like, I could write a book on this topic. Maybe I should one day. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And, um, where can people find articles that you've written? Shepherd's Crook? Shepherd's Crook. I do have a personal blog that I don't use very often. Um, I don't even know how you would get to it other than... <laughs> My Instagram. Oh, on Instagram. Yeah, that's my link in my bio and my Instagram. So you yeah. can read things there. I do have ones like a peaceful mother, that kind of thing. Um, mm. uh, I don't really like post blogs. I just kind of post a lot of it to my picture on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Tell um, Mason to sugar. post that one on the Shepherd's Crook blog. Okay. Yeah. That would be a good one I'll probably share them. most of them on there that okay, I like. Awesome. The other awesome. ones are going to get deleted. Forever. Well, thanks for talking to us about this. I love it. And yeah. um, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good day. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.